morning. Really glad that you're here to uh, worship with us this morning. Uh, we're just wrapping up in the United States of America, graduation season. Uh, some of you may have graduated or you may have been to a graduation. And, you know, I was thinking about graduations and I thought, you know, there's certain things that all graduations have in common. Uh, every time that a student speaks to give some sort of an address, they always talk about, you know, what the last four years have been like at school. And they go through all these memories and their favorite teachers and all these different people. And, you know, you sit there and you're kind of like, oh, I have no idea who these people are. But, you know, you listen and, and then about halfway through the speech, they, they tend to look to the future. And it's always, you know, class of 2007, 25 years, we will be the leaders of America. And uh, they talk about the dreams and the visions for, for what they're going to do. You know what? Every time I've been to graduation, even my own, I remember sitting there and I thought, you know, it's true. We, we've had a lot of memories. And you know what? In 20 years, we may be leaders. But then when I started to figure out in my own life, I was thinking, well, what does that mean for me today? What am I supposed to do in the here and now? And that kind of resonates with us. A lot of times we spend time talking about the good old days or the bad old days, depending on what they were. Uh, or we talk about the future, the what will be's, where we're going to be. But sometimes we miss, what, what does that really mean for today? This morning what we're going to look at is, is how the right perspective and focus on our past and future really leads to a life of blessing and uh, opportunity today. And so what I'd like to do is we're going to look at some different scriptures and some different uh, Examples of how people have decided to, to look a certain way at their past, look a certain way at their future, really to make the most out of today. Uh, the first thing I want to look at, it's on your, your listening outline, is, is lessons from the past. And uh, basically, when you dig into scripture, you find this. Despite what I've done or experienced, God's grace provides purpose to my life. I'd like to, to share a little story of a guy named Paul. He was a first century church planter that uh, basically started churches in lots of different areas in the first century. And what's interesting about Paul is he also was a guy that had a kind of a sketchy past. Uh, this passage in Galatians that we're going to read together, it's kind of long, but it really shows kind of his history. He's explaining to this church kind of where he's been and where he's going. So I'd like you to read that with me. It says Galatians 1 verse 13. You've heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. When God, who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing you is no lie. Later, I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. 
and they praise God because of me. Paul is talking about grace that he received from from God. Grace in the scriptures is unmerited favor. Uh, And Paul was basically saying that no matter what I've done, um, God still gives me grace. He forgives me for what I've done. Not only does he forgive me for what I have done, but all that I've done does not disqualify me from grace. See, we don't earn it, and nothing that we do disqualifies us from it. And so Paul is basically giving just this this story of his past to to these Christians, basically saying, this is who I was, and this is who I am today because of God's grace. 1 Corinthians 15, he he mentions this again. So you find that even though all that, that Paul had done, I mean, he really set in his heart to go against the churches uh, that because of God's grace, he, he literally made a U-turn and went in a different direction. First Corinthians 15, 9 through 10. Again, he's talking. He says, for I'm the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I but the grace of God that was in me, that was with me. Basically, again, he's, he's stating that it was because of God that he is what he is. He was in his place in life. He had a future and he had the present because of what God had done in his past. And I don't know, if, you, if you're anything like me, it seems like the past always comes up. Um, I ask questions all the time. Why, why did I do that? What was I thinking? Apparently, I wasn't thinking because what I said, that was just that was not smart. Or why did this happen to me? What why on earth did this occur? And and these questions just resonate with us because we we honestly we don't know. We don't know all that's going to happen because of what we've done. What we find in Scripture is is God doesn't uh, guilt us because of what we've done in our past or because what's happened to us. But really, he comes into a relationship with us and he. And he changes us. Um, when I first learned to, to drive, I was one of those teens that as soon as it was my 16th birthday, I was getting my license. And, you know, I was kind of really excited, but at the same time, I didn't have a car. So if you've ever been there, you're excited, but you're like, if I have nothing to drive, I'm not a driver. You know, uh, so, you know, I was kind of talking to mom and dad, trying to figure out, you know, if they'll let me borrow the car. My, my mom had this Chrysler Baron convertible. It was this white car, and, you know, it was like winter, and I was thinking, if I get to borrow this, I'm taking the top down. Okay. First day of school, it's raining. I'm still with the top down. So I asked her if I could, if I could borrow the car, and I was kind of you know, really hesitant because I wasn't sure. And she said, you know what? I'd, I'd love you for, to drive the car to school. And it was my first day ever driving. So I was really excited, and I walk outside, and it's raining, and I'm like, uh-oh. I know there's something you're supposed to do when it rains when you drive, but I wasn't sure. So I went out to the car, and I had my key, and I... Stick it in the car door, and I'm just pumped. And I'm turning it, and I'm, it's not working. And I'm turning it the other way. So I'm, I keep going back and forth, and all of a sudden, I snap it off in the door. So I'm thinking, well, this, this isn't good, okay? Because I haven't driven yet, but already I've kind of gotten an accident with the key, you know? So then I, I freak out, and I'm thinking, well, I guess I'm walking to school today. So I go back, and I, I, I talk to my mom. I say, Mom, um, I snapped the key in the door. And, you know, I was really anticipating her to come down and just say, well, I don't know what you're thinking. And you really ruined all that we had planned. And now i got to take you to school. And I was just waiting to get reamed. And she said, oh, that's okay. We have a spare key. Uh, go ahead and open the other door. 
I was like, wow. I was surprised. I, so I walk outside, and finally I open the passenger side, unlock it, then I walk around, you know, cool, my first day of driving, and I have to go to the other door. But uh, beside the point. So then I'm driving, and another thing drivers are supposed to do is you're supposed to adjust the mirrors before you drive. But sometimes, you know, you don't know really if the mirrors work until you are driving. So I was driving, and I realized that, like, the rearview mirror was pointed way down. I couldn't see out the back window. So I'm like, uh-oh, new driver. I need to adjust that. So I'm driving, and I adjust the mirror, and it snaps off the windshield. Well, what's cool is, and I don't know if this is cool, but it, it had the light in it, you know? And so it actually didn't snap off. It, it was swinging because <laughs> it's, it's attached to the wire. That's, so as I'm driving, I'm kind of looking through, the, you know, the rear view. You know, so I was I was completely freaking out because I thought, OK, I broke I broke the car off in the I broke the key off in the car. I snapped off the, the rearview mirror. And this was my first day driving a car that was not mine. And so I, I get home and how was driving to school? And, I, you know, the chuckle, the way home was good, you know. Uh, and I told my mom and she just said, well, we'll, we'll just we'll fix the mirror. We'll, we'll get some super glue. We'll we'll reattach it. Uh, no big deal. And you know what? It, that changed everything that I thought would happen. And that's kind of how it is with God. We tend to really think God is going to come down on us, drop the hammer because of what we've done, and that we're going to be guilty our whole life. But what I've learned is, is God basically, when he comes in a relationship with us, gives us grace and says, you know what? It's not about what you've done. Let's, let's focus on what it means to be in a relationship with me here and now. And when that happened in my own life with my mom, it was like a little picture of, of how really God does that with, with the big things in life. Not just breaking keys off, but really that he forgives us uh, from, from all that we've done. See, now this is a very different perspective than what comes naturally to us. Um, the past is something that we just always are trying to shake. Why, why did this happen? Why did this go on? But really, when we have the right perspective that, you know what, despite what I've done or experienced, his grace gives me purpose, you really find that you can move on in life what happens to me is sometimes when i when i do have the right perspective on the past then it shifts gears to the future now i'm kind of like okay you know what i i don't have to worry about that god's in control of my life and i start to, to run scenarios but when you dig in the scriptures you also find that uh, there is a perspective that we need to have for the future as well and that's um i can depend on god for the outcome of my life because he's in control uh, that word depend really has to do with the fact that since God is in control and runs the universe, we're going to let him really determine what the future will have for us. You know, that, that really sounds like a good idea, but I've noticed it's, it's really hard to live that truth out. And we tend to run a lot of scenarios about all the things that could happen. There are two things that I've heard over and over again in life that are things that you can count on. These things are going to happen. Be prepared. Death and taxes. Those two things you will be face-to-face with at some point. I've been thinking, though, that there might actually be a third thing. Um, What ifs? Uh, What if this is going to happen? Or or what if that is going to happen? Um, So I don't really want to think about the death and taxes right now. The what if, that comes up a little more often lately. Uh, For instance, now it's summertime. And uh, there's a lot of opportunities to go do things with friends or families and recreate. And it could be as simple as 
what if I go to the beach today and I want to surf and there's no waves? Then it goes to, well, what if I want to go to the beach and everyone else wants to go to the mall? Well, here we are again. Hmm. And then, uh, well, what if I go to the beach and I don't catch any waves, but there was a lot of them. It's embarrassing. And then what if I go to the beach and I catch the best wave but no one saw it? Which is worse? I don't know. What if? But it keeps going and going and building and building. And uh, then, really, when I think about it, I realize that that started a long time ago. It didn't start this summer when it got sunny and it was ready to go to the beach time. Uh, Elementary school. What if I go to school and nobody wants to be my friend? Nobody wants to hang out. What if I go to school and I lose my tooth on the, on the playground? Does the tooth fairy visit the playground? I don't know. I'm going to leave a rock under the seesaw? Or, I mean, under a, not a rock. The tooth fairy didn't bring me rocks. Brought me money. <laughs> meant money under a rock or under the seesaw. Um, and then what if I swallow my tooth? And that's a whole different what if. You don't even want to think about it, really. So then you maybe move on into high school. What's next? Uh, what if I... What if I don't make the baseball team or the cheerleading team or the chess team? Is there a chess team? What if there is and I get cut from it? Do they make cuts in the chess team? And if they don't, what if I'm the first person in the history that got cut from the chess team? It's alarming. Or what if I go to prom or I try to go to prom and the first person I ask says no and the second person all the way through the 17th person. And then I'm no prom for me. And then what if, so what if I don't go to prom? What if I flunk? Not good. What if I can't get into college or the college I want to? Even worse. But let's say, okay, we get through, we get through elementary school and high school and all these things. Now we're in college. We got to college. We made it out of college. What if I don't get a job? Or what if I do get a job and I hate it? What if I get the job? Okay, I got the job. I got a place to live. It'd be nice to have a spouse. Oh, man, what if I never get married? Oh. What if I end up living alone in a house full of cats, surrounded by porcelain knickknacks. What if that is my lot? Okay, but maybe we do get the, we get the spouse. So we've got the house, we've got the spouse, we've got the job. I want some kids. Well, what if we can't have kids? What if we don't have any kids? What if we have kids and they're not the ones we wanted? <laughs> now what do we do? We can't give them back. What if we have the kids? And then they get older and they want to go to college. What are we going to do if we don't have money to retire or we don't have money to send them to college? What if? Now, all these scenarios go, and depending on where we are in life, we're either thinking, this is really funny, or what if? That really is true. So death and taxes, those are two things that are for sure, but I really think that there might be another one. What if? At least that's what I think but I may be wrong. What if I'm wrong? That, I don't know about you, but that was like what goes on in my thought life in a span of about 10 seconds. It's amazing how slow my brain works, but with what ifs, I have like an accelerated pace. And that, that really is so true. That's what happens in life. It's like we, we look at the future and it, We're just built on one what if after another. You see, there's good news because there's an answer to our what ifs. In uh, in James, there's uh, three mistakes that we find as we we face our future. Uh, James 4, 13 through 17 says this. Now, listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this, that city, spend a year there. 
carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Verse 13, first mistake. When we face the future as we, we plan without God. He, he's writing about the fact that they were deciding, okay, you know, today or tomorrow we're going to do that. Not only are we going to do these certain things, we're also going to spend a year there. So they determine how long they're going to do it, what they're going to do. And really, they were, there was no consult of what, what does God really want us to do? So the first mistake is we plan without God. The solution to that is as we face the future is we need to include him in our goal setting. We shouldn't just determine, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to go these different places. But really, we want to, we want to ask God to be a part of, of our goal setting. We needed to, to include him on where our futures are headed. The second mistake is verse 14, and that really is presuming about tomorrow. Verse 14 says, why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. The solution to presuming about tomorrow is to live one day at a time. This idea of a mist is like a, a fog. And if you've seen fog before, it's there in the morning and then the sun comes out and it, it burns away. That's kind of how our life is. It, it may seem like it's there and it is, but before you know it, it could be gone. Now, that's not really a morbid statement as much as just the reality of life. We just don't know how long we have to live. So instead of presuming about tomorrow and all that will be and all that was going to happen, we, we live one day at a time today. Uh, the third mistake is we face the future. This is verse 17. And that's putting off doing good. It says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. See, what happens is when we are waiting for the future, a lot of times we may delay because we're waiting for something to happen. In my own life, I've I faced probably all three of these, these mistakes. The third one is, in, instead of just waiting to do good, really the solution is if we can do good now, we need to do it. In my own life, about six years ago, I was in a transition period. And come around Church in the Valley and was checking things out, and it seemed like you know, this was a place that I really could plug in. And I was engaged at the time to my wife, Samantha, and... I guess she wasn't my wife, but I was engaged to her. Now she is my wife. thought I'd clarify that. But, um, and, you know, we, we were checking out the church, but we were going to be leaving, or so I thought, in nine months to go to grad school. And so in my little brain, I figured, you know what? I could plug in here and really decide this is the place God wants us to be. But I was going to be leaving in nine months, and, you know, you get connected to people, and then you got to leave. And so I started to think, well, you know, what if we just don't really plug in right now because we're not sure what the future is going to hold. And so what I was doing is I basically was kind of just standing on the outside. I wasn't, I wasn't really plugged in yet. I kind of was like, well, am I going to be here? Am I going to not? And I just decided, you know, let's just, let's just wait around. And if we're here in nine months, let's do it then. Well, I had a friend that, that kind of had a conversation with me that was kind of like one of those, what are you thinking conversations. And until you start talking about what you're thinking, you realize that you haven't really thought at all. I just was doing what made sense to me. What made sense to me was, 
you know what? I'm just going to wait because I think this is going to happen. If this does happen, then maybe I don't want to plug in because then I get attached or then I find this is the place I want to be, but then it goes against the plans that I was going to have. You ever been there? And your mind just starts getting all confused. And this person basically said, um, why, don't, why don't you plug in now? Because all you know is what you have right now. Be faithful with the people that God's placed in your life. Be faithful with your relationship with God right now. And then in nine months, you'll know. You'll know whether you're supposed to leave or whether you're supposed to go. So I thought, well, I, that, that sounds to make sense because if I wait, I'm really not doing anything. So I decided, uh, Samantha and I decided that we were going to plug in here and just be faithful. You know what? About two weeks later, my whole direction of my life changed. I plugged in and we just went all in and committed. And when that happened, I thought, this is the place I want to be. This is where I want to spend my life, serving God. But you see, that, that really wasn't my first inclination. I kind of wanted to wait, get some things figured out. What this passage in James is saying is we just don't know. And so real blessing in life comes when we actually plug in the here and now. And so when you dig into scriptures, you find that there is really an alternative to letting our past uh, guilt us or cripple us or letting the what-ifs of the future uh, stress us out or cause fear. Uh, really what we find when we dig into scriptures is, is there's hope for the here and now. We really can live for today. A blessing in life comes as I am faithful in all the arenas of life here and now. That's where real blessing is. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the grave where you're going, there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. This, this passage is talking about whatever your hand finds to do. It really is relating to uh, the relationship of, of walking with God. Whatever you're doing in your relationship with God, do it with all your might. The idea of doing it with all your might is talking about doing something in a way that it produces something. Uh, not just like a floating, just, well, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but really deciding this is what I'm going to do with all my might. So something will actually come of it. Something will be produced. Uh, another passage that talks about seizing the day today is 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 through 12. It says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. This passage is basically saying the ambition that we, we have is really what's our drive. Our drive as we make Christ the boss of our life, should be to, to live a quiet life and to mind our business. What that really means is God is in the business of taking care of our past. God is in control of the universe, so he's in the business of the future. He knows everything that has happened and what will happen. And so when we start concerning our minds with that, it's as if we're taking the very business God has and taking it from him. This passage is saying, don't, don't do that. Make your ambition to live a quiet life and to work in the here and now. What I found is there's, there's actually a lot of, a lot of freedom there. Uh, my wife and I faced a situation about a year and a half ago where we were in that transition period of the midst of what-ifs. Uh, we, were, we were trying to have kids, and we, we weren't able to have them. And we were trying for about 17 months, and... It just got to that point where I started asking those questions that we've talked about this morning. 
there something I've done that prevented me to be able to have kids? Or if, if I can't have kids, wow, my whole future as I saw it is changed. The family that I thought I'd have, I'm not going to have. You know, I started to run these scenarios of, I, can't, I won't be able to do this as a dad. I won't be able to do that as a dad. And I started to get really, really fearful of that, really fearful of the unknown. And I asked a lot of questions just to myself and to God. You know what I figured out was my, my relationship to God, my marriage, my work, and everything I do wasn't related to whether I could have kids or not. When I made Christ the boss of my life, I said that he can call the shots in every area. And with that, there's no guarantees of what I want, what I think I should have. And so I just decided, uh, Samantha and I, that whether we could have kids or not, we would completely follow him in the here and now. And that was really hard because what I was basically saying was, I, I will still be faithful to you even if things don't work out like I want them to. That's a scary place to be. But that's the reality of life. There was no guarantee. And I stand before you, and God did bless us with a daughter. And that really did change the direction of my life, because now I, I do have to be faithful as a father. You know what? I, I'd hope that even if we didn't have children today, that we still would be as faithful to God, because it, it's about living in the here and now. Not what on... I want to see happen, or what I think I deserve, but ultimately being faithful. And, you know, as soon as I set my mind to do that, despite my circumstances, I found out that there was really a lot of blessing there. Because there's no guarantees for anything else. Uh, in closing, there's a, there's a verse that really has helped me in just having the right perspective on the here and now. And that's Psalm 90.12. It says, Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Another version says, teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Basically, my prayer to God is, God, help me to know how valuable time is that I may really please you with the time I've got right now. That's my, my encouragement to you this week. If you've not yet entered a relationship with Jesus Christ as the boss of your life, he really does want to uh, transform the way you see things whether it's related to your past or to your future. He really wants a relationship with you now. If you are interested in what a relationship looks like, please let us know on your blue card. Or if you've just been struggling with trying to figure out why you're here at this point in life and trying to figure out where you're going, we really want to help you know what God has for you right now. So let us know and we, we pray for you and we'd love to serve you in any way that we can. Pray with me. Father, we do thank you for how you're in control of the universe. There's nothing that is a surprise to you. And Father, thank you for the grace that you've given to us that's given us another chance to really experience a, a purposeful life despite when we've missed the mark and sinned. And God, I pray that this morning as we really try to sort out where we've come from and where we're going, but ultimately we won't miss right now. And that we'll be faithful to you and that you really will, will meet us where we're at. We pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hi.
Uh, my name is Matt Sprinkle, and uh, my wife and I enjoy have been married for two and a half years. And uh, we live in Ontario, um, that way. And I committed my life to Christ about six years ago, and I've been coming to CIV for about four years now. Uh, my wife and I had our first child about a month and a half ago. And uh, before uh, we had our son, Ben, um, she and I both had jobs, and so we had two incomes and no kids and a lot of freedom. And that was a lot of fun for the first couple years of our marriage. And we enjoyed, you know, doing you know, spontaneous things, going to the beach, movies, stuff like that. Uh, but we knew that if we had children, that we would, um, Joy would stay home, which means we'd be on one income. So that would be somewhat of a lifestyle change. And uh, we're more than happy to do that. It's been a real, a real blessing. Um, but in that, uh, I realized that I'm going to be bringing home the bacon <laughs> all by myself. Uh, so I looked at the budget and then look at my salary and try to figure out how this is going to work. And maybe some of you have been there and it doesn't quite work on paper. And uh, it still doesn't necessarily work today. And so this has been a real source of anxiety and a real, a real challenge um, for the last six or seven months as we've transitioned to this new kind of stage in our life. And, uh, but through this time, um, as I've gone to God and I've uh, uh, just told him, you know, I'm stressed, provide for us, please meet our needs, uh, he's taught me two things. First, that my part is to be faithful with the things that I have in my life today, right now. So whatever responsibilities or roles I have today, that's what I need to focus on. And that I can trust him with the outcome of my life. Those are the two things that he's, he's shown me. Uh, there are a lot of things that distract me and, and cause me to uh, want to forget that and uh, try to take control of the situation in a way that I'm really not capable of taking control of it. Um, my wife's car recently, our air conditioning broke. I've got to pay for that. Um, I had to get my car smogged. I had to replace something, pay for that. Uh, we were actually in the hospital when she was going into labor, and the Lamaze classes said, you know, have a little DVD player so she can watch a movie, and that will take her mind off the pain. So I'm setting up the laptop, and I press play, and the screen just goes, and just dies. And so uh, the laptop broke. And that happens in life. Things break, and you don't anticipate these things. And so these costs come up, and they mess with my little static world. You know, I want everything to be the same, especially when you're going from two incomes to one income. You want everything to be exactly the same so that you can control everything. And when things change like that, it's just it's scary. And in my heart of hearts, I think, you know, God's going to rip me off. I'm just, I'm not going to be okay. I have to control this thing. And I have a lot of roles that I play. Uh, I'm a husband and a father now, and I'm a teacher. Um, I'm a leader and I'm a friend, and I have the privilege of, of representing Jesus to a world that doesn't know him. And all of these different roles that I have require my complete attention and energy and focus and my wholehearted effort. And the reality that this future is uncertain financially is constantly intruding in that. And I'm very tempted to drop my responsibilities, to worry, I mean, spend half an hour, 45 minutes just running scenarios at my desk about what's going to happen in the future. And when I do that, when I drop my responsibilities because I'm worried about the future, when I'm not trusting God, uh, it causes problems for me in the present and in the future. Uh, so I don't want to do that. Um, I want to do what God's told me to do, which is uh, to be faithful with my responsibilities. And what that looks like for me in this particular situation is uh, I need to get out there, pound the pavement, and find additional income. And so two opportunities have opened up. The first opportunity is to teach at another school uh, while I teach at my current school. And the second opportunity is to take a heavier load at my existing job. Uh, I'd like to do both of those. Um, I've done everything I can to qualify myself for both of those. But so far, uh, they haven't panned out. Um, 
it's not a no. It's just not a yes yet. So I'm waiting, and I don't like to wait. <laughs> it's scary. Um, as each day goes on, uh, it's more and more tempting to, to think God is going to rip me off. Uh, but he's never ripped me off. And it's been a month and a half. We've had our son, and it's been a great month and a half. And he's taken care of us, and he's met all our needs, and it's been a real joy. And he's shown me, again, that I can trust him. And I, I've been a Christian for six years, and I've trusted him for six years, and he's taken care of me for six years. And so I have to remember that. And uh, so today, Joy and I, we're waiting to hear back to whether or not I got those two opportunities. I might get both. I might get one. I might not get either opportunity. But regardless of whether or not I get this thing, um, I've learned to just trust God. And what that means is tomorrow I go to work. I need to be a good teacher. You know, tomorrow I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I need to be a good father, good husband. And I can trust God with the outcome.